Broadcasting from a remote corner of the front office of Grave Diggers Local 16, it's Six Foot Plus, the podcast of music and more for those who like it spooky. Thanks again for popping over to the creepy side of music on this Six Foot Plus. We showcase selections from such genres as psychobilly, horror punk, demented surf, garage rock, and whatever else we happen to dig up. New episodes are found Fridays online at iTunes, on mobile smartphone podcast apps, and at the home base of it all, sixfootplus.com. Connect with Six Foot Plus during the week on social media, facebook.com slash sixfootplus at Six Foot Plus Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, which is your best bet. It's at Six Foot Plus. The number six, F-T-P-L-U-S. Well, after getting chased by the evil forces of commercialism and dark magic alike, I can say there is nothing like a good vacation. And that was nothing like a good vacation. 
But here I am, Strange Jason, back after a bit of a hiatus. It looks like the intern, Monster Matt Patterson, and Nate of the Psychobilly Garden Party all did a good job covering for me while I was away. Thanks to all of those guys. I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed those episodes, dear listener. If so, well, I might just have to take another break when the time comes, and checking by the calendar, that probably won't be for another three years. <laughs> Speaking of the calendar, looky here! Happy birthday, you see. It's the birthday for GDL 16. Can you believe that song is retroactively trademarked and if we sing anymore, we're going to get sued? Can you believe it's been six years since Gravedigger's Local 16 first appeared online? Ha, ah, seems like yesterday. Actually, it seems like decades ago. Oi. <laughs> September 8th is the 6th anniversary of Gravedigger's Local 16, the blog started by Weird John and myself. It's found online at gravediggerslocal.com. This episode celebrates such an occasion, and we'll do that with music that Weird John and myself just happen to find creepy and cool. Monster Matt Patterson is responsible for blowing up balloons for the party, since we hear he's full of hot air, and we'll see exactly how much in the Monster Matt Minute. And we invited more guests to this little shindig. Heather Buckley is currently on her way to Horror Hound Weekend, going on this very weekend. But we'll hear her talk vampires, westerns, and Bruce Campbell in another edition of Heather Buckley's Oddscurities. And what would a birthday be without presents, as Craig Chaos delivers another on this month's installment of Killer Cuts from Craig Chaos. Ah, uh, this show... You might be noticing that this show is number 119. I know you might have downloaded 120 last week, but where did 119 go? So it seems for this special birthday episode, we get to bend time and space itself. Or maybe we didn't number the summer special that was available two weeks ago. You probably should have downloaded it then. It's no longer available. <laughs> Perhaps I might have screwed everything up. Either or. We started the show off with Zombina and the Skeletones and Something Weird, going out to Weird John, who himself is quite something weird. Zombina and the Skeletones have a new video for their song Don't Go Into the Light. Go check it out. And while you're doing that, let's keep the music going with the Classics 4 and Spooky.
average teenager of today and you ask them what it is about rock and roll music that they like, and they'll, the first thing they'll say is the beat, the beat, the beat. Babylon the Great has fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit. For the wages of sin is death. The battle comes. We will be ready. Yea, though we walk through the valley, we will fear no evil. Evil will fear us. The stage is set and the audience is screaming. In Hell's Appalooza, the best damn rock show ever. A full-length novel weaving around and through a seven-story anthology all about a rock festival in southern Missouri that truly raises hell. Available on Amazon.com. Look for Hell's Appalooza on Facebook and Twitter.
Graveyard Kid by Monster Club, and before that, it was Paul Shapiro with Voodoo Punk. Since we're celebrating Gravediggers Local 16, head on over to gravediggerslocal.com and vote in the survey I put up for SJTV. I'm going to be catching up on television shows and movies that I have overlooked, doing that by staying indoors when it gets cold and just watching stuff. And I figure, why not write about it for GDL 16? So you can go on and vote on which series you want reviewed. You have until this Sunday, September 7th, to cast your vote. I know it seems pretty silly to vote on what a show some random stranger on the internet is going to watch, but this is the internet. Pointlessness is king. Though what doesn't seem pointless right now is planning for the October season. You got any plans for Halloween? It's September, so it is now appropriate to figure out what you're going to do for one night six weeks from now. I've got no plans set in stone at the moment. The Damned and TSOL are playing, but the tickets are expensive. And it's 2014, not 1984. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe in 1984, the Damned and TSOL would have been a hot ticket. Right now, it doesn't really justify the ticket surcharge. Maybe I'll hang out at the Halloween parade this year. But no need to decide right now. We have time to figure it out. But right now, it's time for zombies. This is the Mission Creeps and Any Good Zombie. Well, I'm right. Cause I'm justified I tend to go a little shit when I'm denied I got one full head of black girl I keep a weary eye on your leaky veins Cause I'm eating the brains, I'm eating the brains Father stand in my way I'm a bird zombie. 
that can get you banned from your local place of rest. The obvious, wrecking the tombstones, insulting the grievers, summoning an undead army without written consent, those are clear. But did you know that if you blow your nose too loudly, or if you breathe a little too heavily, some places just might eject you. It turns out it's impolite to breathe when others can't. Also, Eating certain types of baked goods can get you banned from certain graveyards in certain parts of the continental United States. However, there is no law anywhere on the books against telling jokes in a cemetery, 
which means that not even the dead can escape the Monster Mat Minute. Good morning, maniacs. <laughs> yes, that's right. It is I, your fiend, your drooly, Monster Map Patterson, the man of a thousand bad monster jokes hailing all the way from Matsylvania. hey oh, And hey oh to you, you freaky thing, sitting in the corner of the tomb, all slobbery and whatnot. Ew, gross. Uh, <laughs> let's get into it, all right? I can't wait, neither can you, I'm sure. <laughs> you're, you're shaking with anticipation because you know it's gonna be, uh, what's the word? Dreadful? Yeah, dreadful. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Did you hear about the hip-hop ghost? Well, she broke up with her boo. <laughs> Ooh, what dish honors the ABCs of death movies? Alphabet soup with cyanide broth. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to have some myself. Mm, I just watched The Keep. I say this not in jest. Although it held the creature, it couldn't hold my interest. The book was great, so I had the film ready with a feeling of hope. But halfway through it, I just couldn't cope. Oh, oof, that was a rough one. No, the movie, not my rhyme. Although, well, yeah, I guess it could be. All right, moving along. What section of a penitentiary would house the bad boys of comic books? also known as milk and cheese. Solidary confinement. <laughs> and finally, Maniacs, finally, what evil part of a car seat chases Ichabod Crane? The headrest horseman. <laughs> oh, Maniacs, that was wonderful. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. And until next time, remember, Ouija board wishes and cadaver dreams. Bye-bye. This has been the Monster Matt Minute with Monster Matt Patterson. Congratulations, you survived. For more from the man of a thousand bad monster jokes, follow Monster Matt on Twitter at number one Monster Matt. That's the number one Monster Matt. Keep track of Monster Matt's conventions appearances, his artwork, and info on his new book, Ha Ha Horror, over at his website, Ha Ha Horror, found online at hahahorror.com. Come on, I've got a great big hole
me dig my grave, you bet your life that no one else will. No, no, no. You spend the days at the foot of my door, a walking sin. And when I peek through the cracks, I am secure, a guilt-ridden heroine. You come, you tremble and shake And you wonder, you wonder, you wonder at the way that I quake Great digger, come on I've got a great big hole in my heart to fill Great digger, hold on If you don't help me dig my grave, you bet your life that no one else will I know, no, no
John Carrillo and a song dedicated to the lonely, lovely life of being a gravedigger. And I know we played that song in the past, but I wanted to hear it again. Dig Your Grave by Orlock and his Rocking Ghouls. At this point in time, I really don't know if they're a band anymore. They might have just been a bright flash in a brief moment of time. If I ever go over to Hungary, I'll ask around. I seem to be good about asking about things I don't know about. Which leads us to New Jersey for Heather Buckley's Oddscurities, where we talk about the films that I, like a lot of people, have no idea about. But Heather is here to change that with her wisdom and wit. Actually, for this latest batch of episodes, she came over to a remote corner of the front office of Gravediggers Local 16, which at the time decided to occupy a cramped apartment in New York City. Heather and I discuss the movie Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat, and without further ado, here now, Heather Buckley's Odd Securities. Welcome once again to Heather Buckley's Oddscurities. Normally, I pack up whatever things I pack up and head on out to Scenics, New Jersey, out to Buckley Manor. But this time around, we have Heather Buckley herself in my corner of the front office. Hello, Heather. Hello, my dear. Uh, good to have you. So nice to be in your abode. Yes, this crazy, cramped, somewhat schizophrenic place <laughs> where I do all my dirty work. It speaks of all New York City apartment. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, Heather is a journalist, a writer, and a filmmaker. Her writing has been featured in Fangoria and on Dread Central, and she has worked on the films Circus of the Dead, Dead Still, and We Are Still Here. In Obscurities, we look at the whole world of horror and find those often overlooked, somewhat ignored, films of these gems that deserve another second spot at deserve a second shot at the spotlight and so this time we're talking about sundown the vampire retreat in retreat what is it called the vamp yes yeah, sundown the vampire in retreat because i felt like going on an anthony hickok massacre cycle yeah. here we've been talking about him we covered waxworks and its sequel before so i just i just think when we're talking about obscure filmmakers and things in the late late 80s early 90s which is again my favorite time of horror because that's like when little heather was going to all the video stores and looking mm -hmm. at the vhs's with my fangorias and gore zones underneath my hands and cult movie guide and phantom of the movie guide and yep. i was trying to figure out what to watch like a lot of this stuff was covered in fangoria and you would read about them and you'd go like oh they would just did a set report of sundown the vampire retreat i need i need to see that that looks great because there's like a lot of monsters in it which will always pique my interest and i believe that i knew hickok's name name before and 89 was right when i was getting into uh, horror films also when i was uh getting into uh, punk rock music because I rented uh, Fear No Evil and just saw the soundtrack on it. Oh, and I went, there you go. I, what is this band, the Sex Pistols and the Ramones? Oh. So this is sort of hits the uh, hits home at, eight, at 89. 
of uh, Sun and the Vampire and Retreat. Now, the uh, the Vampire Western has, you know, of course, existed before mm-hmm. Sundown and Vampire, and, uh, Vampire and Retreat. And, of course, uh, that's probably why they got David Carradine to oh. store in the, in, the, in the film because his father, John, John Carradine, was in uh, Jesse James uh, vs. Dracula. That's right. Back, back, back in the day. So we're now, we're now making a, a very good reference, a very strong genre reference mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to, to films of horror, of horror past. And it's directed again, as we mentioned, by, by Anthony Hickox, who has this great, this, this great knack of making low-budget horror films and, and coming up with unique storylines and getting as much uh, out of the budget as possible because here they're, uh, they're shooting out in the middle of uh, the, the desert. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. If you watch the DVD extras, Bruce Campbell is completely snarky about you know where they shot the film. That the DP did a beautiful job. Yeah. The the soundtrack he mentioned you know is too good for the film. It actually <laughs> feels like they wrote it for a real western. You know with the strings and the trumpets. They they really went all out. Um, there's flaws to this film. The way the action sequences are shot are completely subpar. Yeah. They just they're not coordinated properly. But again, like why would you watch these films? Because it's about this the story of good vampires and bad vampires. Well, the good vampires, they uh, they they want to drink fake blood and no longer kill people. And they're out in the middle of the desert because that's where vampires would be. And they're hidden under a hundred proof sunblock. Of course. Wait, really? <laughs> okay. hundred proof sunblock. I need to get some of that. Jeez. Most, most, uh, most of, uh, most of the rock and roll people that I know do. Yeah. So we can keep our, our parlor and keep our, our tattoos nice and, and fresh away from the, 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 the sunlight. And they're out in the middle, and they're out in the middle of the desert. But their, their blood plant has a problem with it. So they call the guy who made the blood plant. There's a blood plant back yes and that makes fake blood because that's what the the good vampires drink okay now there's a resurgence of bad vampires and they want to go back to the old way yeah not drinking fake blood not drinking fake blood and killing real people and so there's a there's a resurgence of that underneath there now the art direction of of uh is is wonderful in the town it's mm-hmm. a shot sort of like in a what it looks like uh, either either they built or uh, found sort of an, an excellent ghost town yeah. and the costuming is wonderful because it seems like wherever the vampire died is the costume that they're wearing and you have again you have David Carradine in the film who's yeah. sort of dressed like he blo- he came out of the uh, like the old west gambling casino you have very famous Western, another another famous Western sort of performer, John Ireland, in, oh, in yeah. one of his last roles. Oh. He's dre- he's called the Pilgrim Jefferson. Mm-hmm. He's dressed like a pilgrim the entire time because it says like you know he's he's that long that long ago. You have uh, two uh, two German va- vampires. One plays by uh, Dabs Greer, who again mm-hmm. they're all very famous character actors in this film. And if you go on IMDb and you just and and you go through everyone's history. Yeah. George Buck Flowers in it. You you can't get over like the ensemble cast that that he created mm-hmm. of all of all these character actors to be 
in in his film. And Maxwell Caul- Caulfield's in it, who is in Grease too. He plays what <laughs> he plays one of the the, uh, the of course one of the the bad vampires. M.M. Walsh is in it. Mm-hmm. You see Deborah Foreman in it again, who of oh. course we mentioned in yeah. in, in Waxworks. Mm-hmm. And of course, who also makes an appearance in a film that I quiz people on? It's like when did uh, when did uh, Bruce Campbell play uh, a Van Helsing character? Would so, would be in Sundown. So okay, so we have <laughs> we have the we have the good vampires, yes. we have the bad vampires, and now we've introduced the vampire hunter. Of course. All right. Because he is not aware of this transformation that the uh, good vampires or the faction of the vampires are trying to make. So he's trying to come to this town, Purgatory, yeah. which is where the good vampires are. Of course, it's called Purgatory of because course. they're trying, to, they're, they're trying to, to, to get better. They're reforming themselves. They are. They are. And so as, 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 the, as the film goes on, mm-hmm. the... Uh, the the script, the, the dialogue is is, is kind of okay. There's two kids in the film. They're both really big horror fans. They're two like adorable little girls. Well, wait, what what time is this taking place? This is in contemporary time. Contemporary, probably being the late '80s. So, so the film takes place in the late '80s. Yes. And you have a bunch of vampires who are clearly from a different time period. They're all from different time periods, yes. Okay, so... So some of them have little round glasses on yeah. and umbrellas. Some of them are from, from like, French period time. From all over the world, because you have some English ones, you have some Parisian ones. So, so the story is, like, they came and, and John Carradine's character, Marjolac, yeah. at some point in the film, you know, points to all of them. It's like, you were found in Paris. You were from, from, the, mm-hmm. from the UK. And um, there's actually um, there's actually a as we as we look at the character actor uh, Jonathan Grease and sort of in the '80s he played a werewolf in Monster Squad and he played a werewolf in uh, Fright Night Two. We actually have Brendan Hughes in this film yeah. who plays a vampire in this film and he's played a vampire in a very obscure film in sort of like the '80s '90 era called To Die For, okay. a film that's no one's ever seen, which you cannot get on VHS, which I have on v- v- VHS, which is a str- which is a very low budget vampire film. So it's nice seeing him re- re- reprise, reprise the. Uh, the role of, of a vampire in, in, in this one. Yeah, so I mean, to even summarize this film is, is insane. So, yeah. so at the beginning of the film, you have this, this couple mm-hmm. with these two yeah. daughters that love horror film, which is already progressive. So you're doing a 1989 film, and these two really, really young girls are huge horror films. They have horror posters all, all over their room. Yeah. And then, they're, and then uh, they're called to go to purgatory because the blood bank is screwed up. Okay. So then they travel to the southwest. Yeah. To go to go to go work on that. The the parents I, I imagine. The parents of the kids. The every everybody come comes there into 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 purgatory. Okay. And then there's a, a B plot line that there's these sort of uh, drug dealing people that got mistaken for this family. Yeah. And they sort of get get you know hijacked by the, the by the the vampires that are there. And then you have the Van Helsing character that yeah. shows up in town, and Deborah Foreman, whose char- whose character um, is Sandy, mm-hmm. she falls in love with him. Oh, 
Yes. And so okay. there's a love triangle there between vampire and human. And then, and then you have the couple that just came over, the yeah. married couple, and the kids, and then her ex-boyfriend, who's now a vampire, Shane, played okay. by Maxwell Caulfield, is just saying, like, is, is, is part of the blood. It's a, so, so unlike his other films, Waxworks 1 and 2, which is a very simple structure of, like, yeah. I go into the Waxworks, I die or don't die. The world ends, right? Yeah. And we do this twice. Yeah. And we do it with a with an uh, with a waxworks once. We do it with a portal second time. This one has a very yeah. The complex, plot is, is bananas. Yes, it's a very <laughs> complex plot line. There's also stop motion vampire vampire bats in it what? that have little faces. And when John Ireland turns into a bat, he has like a little beard on. Oh my god! And then when the when the bad vampires transform at the end, they do a full transformation. So you get all this this great makeup, mm-hmm. full full. Full facial, facial uh, bat makeup, a little bit um, inspired by, I guess, in the future would be like how the Dust Till Dawn vampires look, look a bit. Oh, cool. And so there's a lot of great practical uh, practical effects in it. Now, now, does the plot hold together? I mean, the you pl- have all the- these competing storylines. Does it, like, work it does, and it, it it does work together. They're able to coordinate, you know, the f- the family coming to try to fix fix the, the blood bank. Mm-hmm. And that's just the catalyst. Yeah. And then you have uh, then you have the the you know the the ex love causing conflict. You have the bad vampires because that's actually the the, the actual crux and and, and the yeah, plot the, thing the, the is is, is to bad. sort of get the the big fight to go. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunately the scenes aren't shot shot ver- ver- very well and they introduce a very good weapon in- into the film to shoot vampires with yeah which is of course wooden bullet oh no kidding never seen in a film before but yeah. they have like horses people with guns like full western fights and again you have mm-hmm. to think about what that in in a real desert location with a full soundtrack yeah it's not it, it does have it you sounds... ever heard of a film like this before that has this kind of no, no. It seems it seems very ambitious, and the fact that it kind of it, it's pulling it off is a surprise in itself. So it pulls it off like it like eighty two percent. It pulls it off. That's fine. I yeah. Mean, you, that's a that's a B. That's a B grade. It's a B. It totally gets a B grade for that for that budget for the people in the cast to see mm-hmm. all these great faces from western and character actors sort of backlots past. Yeah. Is really really great. It's it's infinitely rewatchable, much like Waxworks one and two, mm-hmm. just to sort of immerse yourself in the great setting with the great vampires, with the great characters, because he's always able to pull great performances out of people mm-hmm. and to go back to sort of uh, the extras with Bruce Campbell talking about sort of poking fun at um, David Carradine's performance. I like his strange Christopher Walken-esque performance. Yeah. The, he, when he gets into that weirdness, he, he, that's with the most... With his pauses. Fun. Yeah. It's, and it work, It works well, because he's a yeah. he's an ancient vampire, so why not read your lines like that? Exactly. And it's great to see Carradine on, on film. Yep. Okay, so why... What, what do you think... Why do you think that this film isn't more known? I think a lot of those films during the... And, it's, and it, 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 it came out on DVD, maybe three years ago yeah. but it took that from 1989 for it to come on dvd that the just 2011 so yeah just like within like the in the, in the mid over over 30 years yeah, yeah for it to come i had it um just like uh waxworks i believe that i had waxworks one and two 
on VHS because I was like I was I, I always felt like if I had to write a horror biography of my life it would be I was a teenage I was a 14 year old bootlegger because <laughs> I would grab my my parents um, VHS and I would uh, bring it upstairs and attach it to mine with the gold tip things that I would get from Radio Shack so my yeah. dad would bring me Radio Shack mm-hmm. knowing that I wanted my bootlegging wires and I would bootleg everything together and I believe that's how how I had my copy of Sundown and Vampire and Retreat for that long because e- if either was that or get them off HBO because remember VHS was so expensive back in the it day. It was, yeah. So I had to sustain Sundown and Vampire and Retreat for that long until it came out on, on DVD. But who in their right mind is looking for like a slightly, again, like it's in that awkward stage, comedy, horror, vampire western film yeah that. about vampires trying to find redemption in the midwest with like a huge ensemble cast a love story love story um, bruce campbell i yeah. mean i mean unless you're a bruce campbell fan and, and a complete completist yeah, who would have seen this movie you wouldn't have seen it because yeah. it's even fans that like huge fans of like of evil dead don't even talk about sundown and they don't even really talk about waxworks too either yeah as films that he's sort of like in and he's great. He has his, his he's, he's young at that time. He has sort of his great rubber face as mm-hmm. as, as the Van Helsing character. And yeah. the the extras are are, are, are fabulous. They're done by uh, by a peer and friend uh, uh, Michael Felcher. So you put them all uh, put them all together. It was nice seeing his little logo <laughs> on the DVD. Because I actually uh, was watching it uh, watching them recently uh, with a with a friend. I watched them all together, which I just thought it's like you know since it was time to do the do the podcast it's like get refreshed yes i was I, I was thinking it was even before you asked me for the podcast these are actually the films that i re- we watched rewatched recently and i was mm-hmm. thinking it's like in that a horror fan a true horror fan that would be my friend has not watched these three films that's uh, that's saying something that's yeah. saying something we need to put that out, out in the world by by uh, someone who is a horror film director, Anthony Hickox, during the eighties and nineties, and anyone in their in their thirties would have would have heard of Hickox stuff, and a lot of mm-hmm. his stuff were test patterns on USA Channel yeah. or HBO growing up. Like if you didn't have cable, you certainly had USA growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah, and I, they've had to be on it. I don't and and Sundown. I think it was just like on HBO a few times. I don't think it ever was on yeah, the regular cable networks or yeah. Channel 11. So I don't even know where you would hear about it. I only heard about it by reading Fangoria yeah. when it just when it just came out. You probably didn't get a lot of coverage after that one shot. No, no, because it, because what we were um, what we discussed is the idea of comedy horror, which is the bastard son of horror, because. Because there are horror fans out there, there. There are two things that are sort of like boundaries for the horror fan. One mm-hmm. is comedy horror, which they don't like because they feel horror should be horror. You don't put my comedy in it yeah. unless it's like you're leading with comedy, which we discussed, like Shaun of the Dead, Young Frankenstein, and things like that. People yeah. think it's more respectful because you're watching a comedy first and you could appreciate their lo- love of horror, horror in there. Yeah. They're not sort of these awkward kind of spoof tongue-in-cheek things which they feel it's like it's not this sort of disrespects the the horror genre it's not scary enough it's not gory enough mm-hmm. and that's kind of what they're there for yeah I, w- I would say that the, i would say the third thing that sort of like is a dividing thing of uh, the, well the second thing that's it's sort of dividing in horror fans because i was thinking you have like all of horror fans you mm-hmm. have horror fandom and then you have sort of horror fandom that likes horror, horror comedy, yeah. which is which is extremely controversial. And then you have horror fandom that like will will watch like true crime stuff, and that's also yeah. like that's like a line in the mm-hmm. sand. Yeah, and it's like you, one side thinks it's like 
you know, I like extreme things. I'm going to watch it. This is part of reality. And the other side says it's like you represent everything that the media said horror should like. You shouldn't, like, watch stuff about serial killers. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, most of the people like horror films and punk rock people have, like, a thousand Charles Manson t-shirts. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they look at it uh, more, more as a more, more, more of an I- iconic sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I've always seen that over and over again, this, this controversy. Like, yeah. if you bring up the horror comedy, you might as well bring up, like, Killing Kittens. Because <laughs> it's so horrible that you brought yeah. up horror comedy and that you liked it. If you like Transylvania Twist, if you like Transylvania 65,000... Any, 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 any of those movies. Yeah. If you like Return of Swamp Thing, which I'm a huge fan of, because again, yeah, lots, lots yeah. of monsters. It's, yeah. it's fun to watch. Stan Winston did the effects. Why can't I like that? Why can't I like Return of the Living Dead too? I don't know why you couldn't. They, you don't, you can't. Yeah. You can't. When yeah. I was, when I was bidding on this Return of the Living Dead uh, porcelain statue, I had no idea why it was so much money because it's like, it's a film people hate. Because mm-hmm. Return of the Living Dead 1 is so iconic yeah. and it hits that sort of like funny, but it's respectful of it and it's yeah. done by the old holy Dan O'Bannon. Yeah. And it's beautifully designed. It has awesome punk rock elements from, from, from the 80s. But the second one is like such a fall from grace because it's a comedy horror. Uh, and it's just, it's being silly yeah. and it's making fun of zombies and it's not taking it seriously. And it's like guys in the horror community, it's like. Where's our love of monsters? Like when I when you show me a monster, I get I get big eyes, mm-hmm. I get little tears underneath there. Aww. This little Heather like loves Leatherface and Jason Voorhees, and those are very things special to me. So if if someone wants to have an endearing uh, gaze when they make their when they make their their monster movies, that's totally mm-hmm. fine with me. And that the, doesn't mean that, like, I don't love Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah. And nothing is more more intense than oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. God, yeah. Yes. Or or other insane stuff like that. You know, I've seen Serbian film, like, 14 times over my friends asking ask me to, to watch it. But I will... Yes, uncut. And uh, in the theater. And in the, and in the theater. Okay. But you show me, but you show me <laughs> Sundown, the Vampire Retreat, yeah. and then you have, you, you, it's only smiles. Only yeah. smiles for films like these things. Well, okay, so you did mention that it's out on DVD. It is out on DVD currently, yes, currently. but it wasn't for a very long time. Yeah, it sounds like it was a 30-year gap in between, so... So, uh, I... So it should still be out on on DVD, but I'm sure like everything else, it's like you could probably find it on eBay if it's not for a very low cost. Because who is talking about Sundown Vampire Retreat except for Heather Buckley's oddities? Well, there we go. So now, (laughs) thank you for talking about this film because if you didn't, who else would? Welcome to Purgatory. This small Arizona community is home to a very select group of retirees. Here they live long lives, share the same desires and the same needs, like blood. How can you drink that stuff called synthetic blood? It tastes real. So they won't have to kill anyone. Don't you ever miss warm human blood? Now, come sundown, everyone's going batty. What kind of bullets can kill vampires? Ah! Fortified wood. David Carradine, Morgan Brittany, and Deborah Foreman. How is it gonna bite you? In sundown. Now they gotta fight for the right to bite.
Concrete Blonde, Bloodletting, The Vampire Song. So listener, I have a question for you. Are you okay? Are you 4K? Not foreplay, fairway, or pay to play, but 4K, as in killer cuts from Craig Chaos. Craig Chaos has delved into the crypt of chaos to bring forth another killer cut for this month. Craig Chaos is a vinyl enthusiast who shares his collection once a month or so with us, the listeners of Six Foot Plus. Yes, these are recordings taken straight from vinyl. And if you want to talk shop with Craig, email him at kchaos38 at gmail.com. That's kchaos with a K, 38 at gmail.com. Maybe you have stuff you'd like to talk about, maybe to sell, maybe to trade. Reach out to him if you dare. Look, I know how it is if you need to unload stuff and hopefully find somebody who'll take it off your hands. I moved recently, dear listener, and I tell you what, it will leave you completely brain dead and exhausted. Which is the name of this band. It's Brain Dead, a side project from the Crimson Ghosts of Germany. And this song is taken from an extremely rare limited edition LP, Five Years Dead. It's called We Belong Dead. And it's this month's killer cut. I can't leave them, I can't. Yes, go. You live, go. You stay. We belong dead.
In your city, in your town, and in your neighborhood, thousands of girls are becoming rockabilly hellcats. Girls running in packs who learn the naked facts of life too young, just in clothes from cats like us. Don't tell me you've never rode a hot rod or had a late date in the second balcony. These girls shop online all hours of the night at catslikeus.com, and they get what they want. T-shirts, tight dresses, handbags, and more. These girls are dressed to kill. Too young to be careful, too tough to be afraid. I get my kicks at Cats Like Us, city of Tonawanda. Catslikeus.com.
caretakers on top of the graveyard. And while they're on top, we're at the bottom. It's the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Happy birthday, Gravediggers Local 16. Dear listener, go celebrate by visiting GDL16 at gravediggerslocal.com. Read through all the articles and wish us a happy birthday on Twitter at GDL16. You can also talk to me on Twitter throughout the week at 6footplus, number 6FTPLUS. To Weird John, I raise my glass. And to all the guest posts and contributors and authors who have helped GDL16 get through the last six years, I thank you. We've got a few more years in us, I think. We're going to post a lot for the October Halloween countdown this year, but there'll be a lot of things you can read before and after then. We'll end this show with a stark realization that sometimes being a grave digger isn't all it's cracked up to be. We'll end with Grave Diggers Blues, a song from Sparky of Demented Argo and the Dead Billies. But let's not be too sad. After all, it's a birthday party. Happy birthday. So until next time, dear listener, blow out the candles and have a piece of cake. Face. No 
expression Throw black eyes A shovel and a space So if you see me cry Episode 119, GDL 6616. This has been Six Foot Plus, a GDL 16 production. To support, subscribe, rate, review, and recommend Six Foot Plus. The theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Shivala, Ivan. Urban Graveyard Lounge music, performed by Kava Khan. Mahalo. Monster Matt Patterson of the Monster Matt Minute can be found online at hahahorror.com. Heather Buckley appeared courtesy of Liberty and Prosperity, as well as Blood and Guts. To find out about all the music you heard on this episode, as well as all past episodes and all those important links, go to Six Foot Plus. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S dot com.